Radio. Back in my later years at high school, I used to flip burgers at Macca's. And on one shift, I was on table duty, so I had to go and clean the tables out in the um, cafeteria area. I was cleaning a table. There was a lady just in the next one, and she was trying to catch my attention. And I didn't want to speak to her, so I was cleaning the table, trying not to look, but I could feel her eyes on my back. So I just turned around, and she just caught my eye. It was enough for her. She turns to me and goes, Have you accepted Jesus as your personal Lord and Saviour? And I'm going, oh no. (laughs) Now, I had no idea what to respond. I wasn't so um, learned in my faith. But I knew enough not to tell her I was Catholic. I definitely wasn't going down that road. (laughs) I said, yes, I'm a Christian. I I, I have accepted Jesus. And she wasn't going to take that for an answer. No, no, but have you really accepted him as your personal Lord and Saviour? Like, yes, yes, I have. I, I love him very much. I'm very engaged in my faith. I pray to him all the time. Whatever I said, I, I could not satisfy her. She kept asking me. So I just told her eventually I have to go clean some tables over there. Thank you very much. <laughs> now, today, I probably would have stirred her up a bit, had some fun, you know. Um, what would I have said, perhaps? Because for a Catholic, it's strange. Have you accepted Jesus as your personal Lord and Saviour? True, we have to have a personal relationship with him, but our relationship with our Lord is broader than that. It includes a personal relationship, but it's broader. Perhaps the story up nowadays would have said, have you become a member of the body of Christ, his church? (laughs) Because we are members of one body. Jesus hasn't come to just you, just me. He's come to all of us together. And this is actually a much greater thing. We fail to struggle to see it, rather, in our individualistic, I can say that word, individualistic society, but it is a much, much greater thing. How do we understand this? Now, to understand something, it's good to go back to its beginning. The beginning of the church? Pentecost. True. You heard that? The birthday of the church is Pentecost. So we'll go back to the first Pentecost. Now the first Pentecost was the Holy Spirit came down the apostles. True? No, not true. Don't nod. It was not the first Pentecost. The Jews had been celebrating it for centuries before that. Yes? Devout men from all over had come to Jerusalem for the festival. The festival of weeks, also called the festival of first fruits, also called the festival of Pentecost. Greek for the 50th day. The 50th day from when? The 50th day from the feast of Passover. So why did the Greeks celebrate the Passover and then on the 50th day, Pentecost? What are they celebrating? You probably know Passover, right? They were celebrating their escape from Egypt. When the angel of death passed over them, when it killed the firstborn son so they could be freed from slavery to the Egyptians. They celebrated that as a Passover. But then, after that, they went into the desert. As they went through the desert, God was preparing them, forming them for the promised land. 
And one of the key parts of this was what he do? He sent Moses up a mountain, up Moses ascends, and then later Moses comes down not long after with the Ten Commandments. Jesus, God, Jesus, they didn't know about him yet. God gave them the law and he established with them a covenant. He adopted them as his chosen people, as a royal nation. He's being adopted as into, uh, being married into royalty is amazing. No, being adopted in a royal family of God. This is incredible. And later on, when they got into the promised land, this feast coincided with the harvest time. So their first harvest, the first fruits, was celebrated at this time. The law, the covenant, the adoption of the family of God, and the first fruits. So what does the new Pentecost mean? Because we know that the Old Testament and the New Testament are one. What is concealed in the old is revealed in the new. And what is in the new is found concealed and hidden in the old. And so when we look at the old, it sheds light on how to understand the New Testament. This new Pentecost, what has happened? Where Moses ascended up the mountain and came down with the law, Jesus ascends to heaven and God comes down in the form of a dove, like tongues of fire, like a rushing wind. God gave his chosen people the law, but then they had to struggle to keep it. Thanks God we know what's right, but now how do we follow it? St. Paul in the second reading, he says, For those who live in the Spirit, they have no need of the law. What does that mean? Look at the person next to you. How you going, boys? I won't ask you to that. Do you desire to kill the person next to you? Like I said, don't answer that, boys. <laughs> if you do, don't say now. You can see me later. If you do not desire to kill the person next to you, you are free from the law, thou shalt not kill. True? But when I desire to break that law, I need that law to tell me not to do it. When the Holy Spirit comes into my heart, he frees me from that slavery to sin. We are now freed from Egypt completely. We're given the Holy Spirit. So we're given the law, the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit to complete that in the new. We're adopted as the family of God. The family of the chosen people, the Israelites, were together by blood. They were of the same race. But the new chosen people, the new Israel, this new royal family, what binds us together? Not blood, not race, but the Holy Spirit. What keeps my body in one piece? My soul, the life force that binds me together. When it's gone, when the, my soul is torn away from my body, it's going to fall to pieces. You're going to come up into my coffin one day and you pull my finger, oh, my finger popped off. Don't do that, that was disgusting. This life force that holds the church together is its spirit. We are the family of God. 
reaching out to every corner of the earth, but we are one. All members of that one body of Christ, held together by his soul, the Holy Spirit. And as the chosen people were given the first fruits of the people of God, that God promised them in this land flowing with milk and honey, so we are given the fruits of the Holy Spirit. When we're freed from this slavery of self-indulgence, the Holy Spirit pours out on us his fruits, love, joy, peace, self-control, and so on. They are the fruits that we reap in this new covenant. It's the birthday of the church. It is our birth into the chosen people of God. Have you become a member of the body of Christ, his church? You are, you're here. Why are we here? Last question. Why are we members of the body of Christ? The chosen people, God chose them for what purpose? He tells them again and again, you are a chosen nation, not for yourselves, but for the sake of the whole world. Through you, I will save all of mankind. I have sheep that are not of this fold, Jesus says, and I will shepherd them too. We are not called for ourselves. We are called for others. If we're not bringing others into this fold, then we're not fulfilling our job as Catholics. How do we do it? I do not recommend the way this lady did it to me. Don't run up to people and ask them if they've accepted Jesus as their Lord and Saviour. Don't even ask them if they've become members of the body of Christ. You'll scare them away, honestly. But if we are cultivating these fruits of the Spirit within us, people will see it. They will be attracted to it. They will come and pull on our sleeves and they will say, where do you get this from? What are you on? I want what you've got. And you will say, no, I don't take drugs, mate. It's not a silly question. What did the people say to the apostles when they came out at Pentecost? You guys are drunk. You will say, no, we're not drunk, we're not high. But I have found a spirit. I can show you who he is. The Holy Spirit. I'll be begging you to tell them, tell them. This is our calling. We have to be ready to make a defence for our faith, to explain it. We have to be living a life that makes people ask us. And so, to finish this week, let us, as St. Paul says in the second reading, crucify our self-indulgent passions. Let us nail them to the cross with Jesus Christ. And let us open our hearts to receive the Holy Spirit so that we will live with his fruits pouring out of us. The sequence we prayed at Mass, a beautiful hymn to the Holy Spirit. Perhaps this is a way that we can cultivate our hearts and welcome him in. As a free, not-for-profit service, Creatio requires the support of people like you to help keep us going in our mission. To donate, visit creatio.org.au slash donate.